All right, we're live. Part two of Army Anonymous. Um, no introduction needed, so let's just get right back into it. So we finished off the more miscellaneous general questions last time. Um, or no, we still have one more. Is that what it is? Yeah, we have one more, All and right. then we're going to go on to the next section. Sounds like a plan. So the last one for the general section says... I'm really frustrated and disappointed by the whole situation with the r slash Bangtan subreddit discord. Um, modding a large community is hard and sometimes requires heavy-handed moves that may not please everyone, I get that. However, the moderators on the subreddit and discord tolerated and enabled fellow mods constantly being rude and uncivil and creepy. The mod had been saving users' personal photos over the years and then using those photos to power trip over them in chat and often bragged about it. The mod team kept gaslighting upset users until it snowballed and they could not shut down discussion anymore. The subsequent handling was also a crap show with the mods panicking, including removing someone's access because they had made an angry tweet about the Discord. Upset users' feedbacks on Discord was not addressed. When people took their concerns to the subreddit, mods shut down calls for accountability and transparency by deleting comments and locking discussion threads. Finally, I freaking hate them for deleting the Discord server, which had years of memories and nearly 4,000 users with less than 24 hours notice. It was such a terrible move. They never consulted with the community if we would prefer to have the server management handed over to trusted active members of the Discord server and part ways with the subreddit. The server was one of the most active places to be during live events, and it was always active because it's a large user base. The mods really just wanted to control everything, and they chose to delete the server in the most petty way at such notice. People were not able to add friends, there was crying, panicking, there were so much memories and conversations in the server that was just gone. Most of the casual users who only logged on during major live events probably never knew what happened. It was such a gross betrayal of trust, and I don't think I could recommend the Bangtan subreddit due to the same mods being behind the whole string of bad decisions that led up to it. They fired that one creepy mod, yes, but the rest of the people surrounding her who enabled her and looked the other way were not held accountable. Most people have jumped to smaller lifeboat Discord servers, but it's not the same. The server had been one of the best places to be as an army to chat and make friends. This is from Malaysia. Now, as someone who is a part or subscribed to the r slash Bangtan subreddit, I had no freaking clue this was happening. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm barely on Reddit at all, so, like, you know, the fact that this is going on, like, I also had no idea, and to think that this is what people were going through on there, the fact that people had their personal information saved, the fact that people were gaslighted, and these people really just went and, like, deleted the whole Discord server, like, that's terrible, like, I don't understand why there's so many weird people who get platforms and like start running things it just i just don't understand it's really unfortunate too because r slash bangtan you know that was the subreddit for bts content um and i don't think there's another subreddit um 
if there is, correct me and let me know, that post BTS content in the same way. And it was also a subreddit server that it was, um, you know, it was more of a safe space compared to r slash K-pop because a lot of the moderators mm. on r slash K-pop are very biased against BTS. Um, and so that was the other go-to. And now, apparently, that one is trash as well. So, I don't know, I think it it's really discussing what happened and i think it's really unfortunate more so for the armies who probably lost so many conversations and lost a lot of friends they made yeah like you know people really don't understand how important it is um you know for some armies to connect you know that discord server probably meant a lot to so many people you know especially because even though BTS is such a huge group, a lot of times, like, people do get, you know, made fun of for liking them, so, you know, when you go on a Discord server and, like, you're only talking to armies, I feel like that's probably a lot better than, you know, some of these people's realities where, you know, they're at home or they have friends who just don't like BTS and, you know, they're not interested in talking about them, and so, like, I'm, I imagine losing that must have been, like, super hard for some people. Um, so it really sucks in the fact that like these mods are just so weird, so creepy. The fact that, you know, nobody wants to take accountability. Um, you know, for example, like the creepy person, the fact that they're not taking accountability themselves and like the people who were basically kind of covering for them were also not doing that. So that really sucks. And, you know, like you said, you know, the RK pop uh, subreddit, you know, the mods, um, you know, there's been bias against BTS for a while now. I mean, that's the only reason why our Bangtan even exists, because, you know, people just got tired of seeing BTS so many times when they started getting bigger, so then, you know, people just eventually had to make, you know, a completely different subreddit for BTS. So, you can see, like, already that, you know, there's a lot of uh, tension between different fandoms and you know like the mods on rk pop and stuff like that so i wonder what like is like the next game plan especially like for like the discord or whatever like if there's gonna be a new one made or not i don't know but i feel bad yeah honestly it's just a wow this is very sad and just absolutely messy so um i'm sorry to armies that we're in the discord server and i yeah i agree with uh op sentiments about not feeling comfortable subscribing to the subreddit um any longer so um i don't know if i'm going to um unsubscribe just yet just because i still want to look at the content and like see what other people are posting and saying because it's actually um, so, like, r slash K-pop is basically for news only and, like, posting new music releases. So, you can't post fan art. You can't post things like that. So, r slash Bangtan is where people post their fan art and stuff. So, it's just, um, overall really unfortunate. Yeah. But that pretty much finishes up our general section. So, now we're going to move to the next section, which is shipping, solos, and mantis. So the first submission says, 
I'm really worried about toxic shippers. Shipping isn't bad. Wishing two people uh, we truly love to be associated romantically is understandable, but making everything that way and paving the way to hate another member because of the whole jealousy drama thing is really weird. It's pretty clear that Taekook versus Jikook is the ultimate ship war going on, and well, both sides have their own reasons and moments to ship. Personally, if I had to choose, I don't even know what I have, I'd have chosen. What I'm trying to say is that it had been it would have been really beautiful if all these shippers weren't fighting. I know they're standing for two entirely different things, but it'd be really heartwarming if they celebrated all the interactions and cute little moments between these three. And then also another thing I noticed is that take cookers are widely hated. I'm not taking sides here, and it's not just by toxic G cookers, but the whole fandom. I don't know why. And there are take cookers who really pictured Jimin as annoying in order to prove a non-existent jealousy drama. Even talking about all these makes me drained, but I want to see all these shippers being happy together. I like the amount of joy it brings me, and when I see a Jungkook uh, dedicated account simping over Hobie or Yoongi, just an example, is unmatchable. Um, imagine a Jungkook account tweeting about Jungkook calling Taekook handsome, or Taekook account calling Jung about Jungkook calling Jimin cute. Um, I don't know if I can see that without others um, talking mess in the comments, but yeah, and this is from India. So in terms of what they said, in fact, I want to look a little bit into a particular part of the submission where they said that, um, what was it they said? They said that it wasn't, um, it seems that like takeovers are widely hated, not just by toxic G-cookers, but by the whole fandom. I don't know why. That's probably because of takeook lives. Yeah, 100%. Um and we actually just released a video about shipping and um a part of that podcast episode yeah a part of that uh episode we did a deep dive into take a lives just because of the massive platform that they do have um but that doesn't mean take cook is bad or you know not that every take cook shipper isn't just having fun you know they're not all like these delusional people but it's understandable why people are going to be more wary when it comes to takeook shippers because of the lies and delusional um i guess tales that they have consumed from each other right because you know um what we were saying in our episode on shipping um you know not to you know say too much about it because obviously like it's all there in our own episode but you know one thing that we did touch upon is the fact that you know something that take cook lives does a lot is paints jimin in this really poor light they basically um act like basically of course you know their theory is that um v and jungkook are dating but then also they also paint Jimin in this way where he seems like a homewrecker, where he seems like he's basically trying to sabotage Taehyung and Jungkook by always, you know, trying to flirt with Jungkook or something like that to make Tae jealous, or just other weird things. And you, know, there would be plenty of people who have said that, like, oh my gosh, like when I first became an army and I used to watch Take a Glyph's videos, like I didn't even realize how much I hated Jimin until I stopped watching their videos. And it's like their um, basically portrayal of uh, Jimin 
is what has caused like so many armies to unknowingly hate Jimin and that's why so many people I would say you know disproportionately hate Tay cookers more than G cookers um, simply because of how big of a platform that Tay Cook lives as. However, Tay Cookers and G Cookers that cut are from the same cloth. As, yeah, they're literally cut from the same uh, block. They're literally like from the same tree, the same apples, bro. So even though there's a disproportionately higher number of people who hate Tay Cookers because of Tay Cook lives, both toxic Tay Cookers and toxic G Cookers are the same. In fact, any toxic shipper from any ship is the same as each other. They're all trash. It just so happens to be the Tay Cookers and G Cookers have the most shippers. Yeah. Um, I think that sums up that question. And by the way, I realized um, I probably sound sick. Um, I'm not sick. I have to go to work, so we're doing this really early in the morning. So this is just my morning voice. Like I'm not sick. Okay, <laughs> just want to know. Yeah, we woke up like we woke up like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, it's like eight in the morning. Um, so yeah, uh, don't worry. I I just didn't want anyone to go on Twitter and be like, oh, are were you guys like sick or something? No, we're fine. It's just so early. These girls have COVID. <laughs> it's like, no, we're good. We're just tired. <laughs> but. So, yeah, next submission, they say, this might be a hot take, but my theory of why Taekook and Jikook have the most toxic shippers and why Jungkook has always caught in the crossfire is because these shippers are projecting their own sexual desires for Jungkook onto their ships. Basically, Tae and Jimin are non-threatening placeholders for themselves because they aren't women, and sure, there may be toxic male shippers too, but let's be real, we know most of these shippers are cishet women. These people have never been in a romantic relationship in real life and are projecting what they think a relationship should be like onto these two ships. Hence, all the jealousy and star-crossed lover narratives. Obviously, what I said can apply to any ship and any member, but my main point is that these toxic shippers are fetishizing homosexuality and treating the members like fictional characters in order to act out their own fantasies and desires. And this is from the USA. No, I think you pretty much hit the nail yeah, right on the head. This no, does not you, sound like a hot take to me. Yeah, this <laughs> sounds like... This sounds like the truth. I'm sorry. I was putting a band-aid on my thumb. Um, so, like, I, I had to pause a bit. But, yeah, no, this actually makes so much sense. Uh, there's actually even, um, I think there was, like, a research. There was this publication. Uh, I'll try to find it. But it basically talked about how the reason why, like, women are large consumers of just the BL genre in general is because there is no female character that they have to compare themselves to. There's no female character that um, that they have to, um, yeah, compare themselves to. I'm just going to leave it as that. And so it's not a hot take at all to assume that the, uh, that, a lot of times shipping is based on seeing these characters and people as placeholders um it's not a hot take at all i think you are completely hitting the nail right and on top of that i do not think it's a hot take at all that you know you your theory is that like these people have never been in a romantic relationship in real life because that's mainly how it is especially because a lot of people especially like on twitter who do ship 
Um, a lot of them tend to be on the younger side. A lot of them, concerningly, are minors. So it's like you have a group of these people who haven't really experienced romance or any type of sexual interaction, and everything that they understand about romance and sexuality is through the content that they watch on media, the books that they read. And there are a lot of times, especially in like pop culture, where their portrayals of romance and of things like sex are very, very toxic. Um, so, you know, they consume those tropes and they think that that's what romance and sex is when it's not. And that's why you can see that bleed into a lot of things, especially fan fiction. How you will read a fan fiction and you think this dude has def this person has like definitely never been in a relationship before. Like if I, if you've ever read a fan fiction and like you can tell by the writing that somebody has never fallen in love before or they've never had sex before, it's probably because they haven't. Because a lot of what they see is you know based off of you know any type of pop culture media and you know that type of thing is usually never that accurate so yeah let me just save this all right and next concern so they say the event i sent my concern about happened a long time ago i was seeking for moots which um is mutuals on twitter for anyone who's like what is that word moots is mutuals i was seeking for moots when i joined stan twitter as a baby army i met a lot of interesting people and had a good time talking with various armies one of them was a Jin solo stan i didn't know much about the fandom at the time but i became friends with the individual my bias was Jin because i thought Jin was extremely handsome so not long after, the person began sending me articles and blog posts in which Jin was mistreated or excluded from the rest by the company and the members. At the time, I didn't know much about the voice either, so I trusted the person and fell for their words because a lot of it seemed very real. At the time, I didn't spread hate or tweet anything because it didn't seem likely to happen in reality. It seemed persuasive, but I wasn't sure what I was accepting because the music they shared, the topics they discussed, and the interactions and videos all seemed too sweet to be turned into something negative. This phase lasted two weeks, and not long after, I deactivated my Twitter account and took a break from everything. I took a step back and did some research on the members as well as listened to their discography. I found a lot of great YouTube channels and spent a lot of time watching their old videos on Bogtan subs, which provided accurate translations. I watched their vlogs and took the time to learn a lot of Korean as, uh, took the time to learn a lot of Korean as a foreign language because I did not want to be misled by fake translations. My journey was incredible, and I'm pleased I joined Twitter after I realized my thoughts couldn't be twisted anymore. My point is that I believe it is essential we encourage baby armies to use their time away from Twitter to conduct research and learn about BTS by themselves. Because I think this is this is exactly how solos increase in the fan base, and as an army we should really understand their music and personalities, rather than joining the fandom as a trend. It's not really the baby army's fault because like I said, it is very convincing to believe them. I hope we can let many baby armies know about this. I believe armies that provide content such as yours are true gems in this fandom since it is essential to all of us. As an OT7 army for the past three years, I'm grateful to you because I realize we can go wrong anywhere in this massive fandom. The person we follow may be wrong, our tweets may be offensive, and journalists may be monitoring the information we share with each other over this second and one small slip and bam. The next day we see an article titled Armies as the most toxic fandom once again. 
I hope we can welcome more armies and assist them in understanding the fandom of BTS on Twitter because many of them may fall into the same trap as I did. And I would hate to see more sad people who miss out on reality and joy. I shared my experience because I believe anyone can fall victim to this, but I hope to reach a large number of armies through this wonderful platform. Once again, thank you for your podcast. Stay safe and take care. Sorry for the long post. Hee <laughs> hee. And this is from the Philippines. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for your kind words about our podcast. Um, I don't know. I feel like our platform is doing exactly what we wanted it to do and more. So really, thank you so much. Um, and I think uh, regar- in regards to... You know, the content about uh, staying away from Twitter and conduct research on BTS in your own time. I think we did talk about this in um, maybe even episode one. Or I feel like we've mentioned it in quite a few episodes uh, about any episode in regards to solos or shippers or what am I thinking of? Mantis? Yes. Anything like that. We talk about how, you know, when we first got into BTS, it was just Googling things about them. It was watching YouTube compilations. It was watching their vlogs and watching all their behind-the-scenes content. And so, yeah, Daisy and I can definitely agree that if you are new to the fandom, um, if you are truly here for BTS and not the fandom experience, then I'm sure it wouldn't hurt to take some time to actually just look at BTS's discography and watch their videos before you come on a platform like Twitter. I definitely agree, and that's not even just something that like we've mentioned like in passing in episodes, but also, you know, tweeted about it so many times like I, you know, when I first became an army um, before I even came on Twitter, because like if you'll notice, if you follow me on my main account, which is Nija0329, you'll notice that my Twitter account says that I joined in October of 2015. I didn't actually use my Twitter account until like mm, 2017, and that was only just because like I wanted to vote for BTS of the BBMAs. That was like literally one of my first tweets. Um, and then, you know, I came back in like early 2018. Um, and that gap between me becoming an ARMY in late 2016 and me joining Twitter in early 2018, I spent that entire time listening to their discography, looking at their Bangtan bombs, their variety shows, everything like Run BCS. I took that time to do that on my own. Um, and so when I came onto Stan Twitter, none of these people's narratives were influencing me because I had already looked at their content. I already knew the truth. I was already looking at things that had accurate translations. So I was able to spot when people were trying to take something out of context. And so that's why I'm pretty much like immune to solos and mantis on Twitter. I don't really listen to what they have to say because I just know that it's not true. But for baby armies, some people will not understand um, that, you know, you have to do that research before you come onto Twitter because if you come onto Twitter as a new army, it can be very easy to be influenced by just just about anybody. And like this person had said, you know, they had originally trusted this person and, you know, they were listening to what they had to say, but, 
not everybody is going to take a step back and reevaluate what exactly they are listening to um, from other people. So the fact that this person did that is amazing, but it is certainly not the case for everybody. There are people who have been baby armies and have been influenced by solos, and to this day, they're still consuming solo narratives. So, you know, this is just even more of an incentive to, if you're, in a, if you're a baby army, just be careful and make sure you take the time to, like, actually listen to BTS's music, listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're talking about in interviews and all that kind of stuff. Don't just take what people are saying on the timeline at face value because a lot of times, because it's Twitter, because of how Twitter is formatted, a lot of things are going to be summarized or taken out of context, so just be wary of that. Yeah, so the next submission says, Hello again. This has been baking in my brain for a while, and especially after the last Army Anonymous episode, especially after today's run with Sukjin solos yet again. But a lot of armies surround themselves with solos and solo fan bases and other members, solos and extreme shippers and weird multis and K-pop stands, then think the reactions they see on their timeline or under one of these accounts is representative of what actual armies think and believe. Especially for solos. So many of the Army Anonymous last episodes were complaining how certain armies treat members, etc, etc. But the real issue here is that they're the ones following terrible people like that. And following solo accounts that confirm such bias, I think this is the consensus behavior of all armies. If you go and follow accounts like Report for X Member or fan bases for solely X Member, then most likely what you are seeing is full of distorted reality because these accounts and their solo followers purposely take things out of context to follow their own agenda and spread it. And they rely on global people, armies, to spread it even further. It's 2021, I think it's time to let solo narratives go, especially after getting all these Weavers interviews. These mentalities are very 2015-2016 and should be left there. I truly think it's very shameful and even saddening to see armies with a little seven in their name claiming solo narratives the moment it fits something they deem is right. It's shameful that in the big year of 2021, we are still flip-flopping on things that we argued about constantly. But depending on the days, either everything from Solos is bad or it's, but they got a point and I'm defending him. I hope they never, I hope to never see any of these people at concerts or IRL because I know I will go to jail immediately for assault. Hello, man. <laughs> Thank you guys for your podcast. It's very refreshing. From Canada. First of all, again, thank you. All these people just love to compliment us in these Army Anonymous submissions. Like, you guys are way it. too nice. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> and to touch upon what they're talking about, um, the first part where they were saying, um, uh, they were saying, especially after today's run with Sukjin Solos, I actually went back to the submission to see um, like where they actually, like when they had actually submitted it, and they submitted this on August 5th. And the run episode that had come out around that time was the first um, installment of the um, Joseon Dynasty um, army bomb thing, um, and that was run episode 145. I don't know what exactly solos were saying on that day because usually, like right after run episodes are released, like I'm busy watching it, so I'm not on Twitter. Um, but in terms of what Sukjin Souls were saying, I don't know what they would have had to say about that episode, I, so that's I don't making know me even either. more mad. Um, and everything that I did see on Twitter was, like, everyone talking about how pretty they all looked in their humbuck, so, <laughs> um, 
Right, yeah, so if there's but... anybody who's mad at that episode for some odd reason, like, I am side-eyeing you. You need to touch more than grass. Like, go sit in a waterfall. Like, you really need to be literally drenched in nature. <laughs> but, I know. But, yeah, no, I think this, this person also brings up a really good point that I think we talked about in episode three. Um, but if you are seeing all this negativity on your timeline... You need to ask yourself, um, are people just bringing up negativity when there doesn't need to be? Are people always, you know, spreading it even though there's a new run episode we could be talking about and having fun? Like, if your timeline is very negative, then you probably need to curate your following a little bit more because that's not, that's not normal or healthy to just constantly see all the bad things that people are saying agreed and it's definitely something that we talked about in episode three although even though that was more in the context of shooter armies who constantly like find negativity and you know try and quote unquote fight these people on behalf of bts when we really could just be reporting and blocking these accounts but you know in the same vein as that i like like you said i do believe that if you are constantly seeing negativity on your timeline, that is an incentive for you to clean it up. If you don't want to see this negativity, then instead of acting like, oh, this is what armies are saying, you know, you know, think about like why this negativity is happening. Look at what is being said and think, are these valid concerns or are they not valid concerns? And if they're not valid concerns and constantly these invalid concerns are being brought up like on a regular basis, you gotta cut these people off. Like we say all the time, you have absolutely no obligation to anybody who you follow on Twitter or anybody who follows you. So if you look at a post or you look at an account and you think, I don't want to see that, you are at full liberty to block or unfollow that person. So when people just kind of complain about negativity and or say that it's represented the fandom when it's clearly not, it's like, bro, you really have to clean your timeline. And, you know, when it comes to also, you know, things like report ex-member accounts, I really do not like report ex-member accounts because when it comes to those, you know, a lot of times, you know, what is submitted to that account, like, is just, you know, solos who are upset at, like, armies, armies whose tweets. words have been taken out of, yeah, yeah who've been, been taken, taken out, out of context. context. It's, right. uh, it's so... I, I'm, you know, I'm really surprised that even, like, we haven't ended up on, like, a <laughs> report for account because they really take Oh, no, the I most, 100% have. You, I pr you probably have, um, but they take the, like, most harmless tweets, um, and then just spin it completely and make, like, a whole new sentence from that tweet. Like, it's honestly a talent in its own. <laughs> Right, and you know, the way that I've been on those accounts, you know, it's one thing I can definitely accept if, you know, wording of my tweet isn't that great, and, but then to then go and, like, not listen to any clarifications or any apologies that I have provided afterwards and still say, yep, they're an anti of so-and-so member, it's like, come on, man, you clearly are just not interested in what people have to say you're not interested in people explaining themselves and so that's why i don't really trust report ex-member accounts because sometimes even if the person that they have put there to be reported explains themselves or apologizes for what they've said genuinely 
um, they'll be like, nope, you're still an auntie, and then you'll still get reported, um, especially by solos. And a lot of these accounts do not want to acknowledge the fact that a lot of their platform is solo stands, um, and they'll pretend like, oh, you know, it's armies, you know, if you're on here, it's because you're genuinely harming this member, and it's like, are you sure about that? Because, you know, when a bunch of solos are in your DMs telling you, hey, this person's an auntie, and you look, and like, the tweet says, oh wow, like, J-Hope is the best dancer, and like, it's a report for Jimin account. It's like, what do you mean? You're not complimenting Jimin as the best dancer. You're solo trash. Like, at this point, it's like, I just don't understand. So, um, yeah, it's the same thing, even like, report BTS accounts in general. Just any report accounts. I've learned not to trust them. Um, so it's like, I feel like you should definitely use your own common sense and decide for yourself whether or not you want to report something because a lot of these times report accounts, not just for solo members, but for like the whole group in general, they will just sometimes have like very, like, like you, they'll put something on there with the expectation that it's bad and that you should report it. But sometimes like you look at the tweet and there's like really not much wrong with it. And I think this actually um, ties into the next submission. They say, It's half sad, half funny to see people surprised and disappointed at finding out an individual member fanbase is run by Solo, when the whole time they only had that member's Solo's numbers in the display name and main lead rap sing dancer number one artist king insert member name in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to retweet something harmless you see in your timeline, but if you were following an account like that, how could you possibly not know they were a solo? This isn't about a specific incident, just in general, because I've seen that surprise and disappointed reaction a lot from USA. It's like, yeah, um, if there's an account dedicated specifically for one member, chances are they will have a lot of solo stands. Now, does that mean I'm not going to follow any accounts dedicated to one member? No, in fact, I follow a whole bunch of accounts that are just picture accounts, so I'll follow like a Jungkook picture account, a Yoongi picture account, a Jin picture I basically picture accounts for like all the members, um, just because I like to see, you know, they'll post like old photos and like really pretty photos, and Bangtan are pretty, I want to see them. <laughs> so, um, but it is important, I think, if you run such large accounts like that to say hey this is not a platform for solos like that one um jimin picture account there was like a jimin picture account and they were like oh um i'm definitely ot7 and uh, i don't tolerate hating on the other members and jimin solos were feeling betrayed um <laughs> by this jimin picture account so yeah right and like even like some solos even if it's in subtle ways like for example like there there's like this one account that's dedicated to posting gifts of uh Jin, and you know they have like a little seven in their display name so just things like that will keep solos away because they're not looking to follow anybody who's ot7 like everybody i feel like so many people need to remember that like they're only here to jump ot7s for some reason they all 
hate armies is because of the way that armies are portrayed by the solo community because um solos are love to paint the narrative that they're the only person who cares about the specific member that they stand they're the only ones who know the best and armies know nothing they're all company stands they don't have uh, the members best interest at heart and they always claim that we're fake ot7 and that's why when it comes to these solo picture accounts it is so important that they need to take a stand against solos because like as if they know that like if we know that like uh solos aren't welcome on their page if we know that they don't support solo narratives then we know that we're not giving platforms to solos because these picture accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers so if they end up being a solo that's a huge platform that they have to spread nonsense so that's why a lot of people are saying hey I feel like all these pics accounts really need to state like their stance so um, yeah I definitely do agree that like we if they're not gonna state their stance at least like do a little bit of research into them look at their following see the people that they're interacting with to make mm -hmm. sure that like if you're following a pig account that they're not a solo in disguise yeah that sums it up the next submission says the narration between the mantis how they twist the boys words this happens a lot in Latin America and this is from Chile all right let me okay so Daisy and I had this theory going around since last year because we were like, you know, a lot of mantis like speak Spanish or specifically are from Latin America, from Argentina, from Brazil, um, even Chile, like this person is from. And it's like, what is up with that? Like there is a disproportionate amount of mantis from Latin America. Um, but I've noticed but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like, you know, single out a continent of armies because, you know, that doesn't feel good to anyone. But right. now that a lot of Latin American armies are bringing it up themselves, I, I'm i starting to come to the conclusion that there is a lot being lost in translation when you go from Korean to English and then back to Spanish. Right. Um, and obviously because when it comes to how, um, like how many languages are being, uh, is like being translated from Korean to something else. Like for example, if you go to like any Weverse article, it'll have Korean, it'll have English, it'll have Japanese, uh, on occasion Mandarin, but that's really it. They don't, um, I feel like there definitely needs to be, um, Spanish translations like direct korean to spanish translations because didn't they, didn't they just add some recently i thought i think they might have added some i don't know if it was for bangtan bombs or something oh but, okay it was for something though but in terms of like weavers and stuff like that especially like considering the fact that like weavers does very in-depth interviews with the members i would think that it'd be really beneficial if they added spanish translations um, because the way that people can like um, it's not every translation that has to go from like Korean to English to Spanish or whatever but um, I definitely feel like there's probably a lot more of that compared to other languages um, because you know um, I don't like there's probably just like fewer people in Latin America who speak both Spanish and Korean so I feel like it's probably like very difficult for them because they're not getting like direct translations and there are some things that can just completely be lost in the translating process. So, you know, um, 
I hope that, you know, Hype just adds some Spanish translations for these people um, because I feel like it would definitely help reduce the amount of people taking things out of context or just completely misconstruing uh, what is being said by the company or by voice, especially because like um, when you translate something into English, like you know how like there's some stuff that you can say in like one language but not in the other? Mm-hmm. Like imagine that but like times two. So like already you have things that are non-translatable from Korean to English and still people try their best to translate it anyway and then you already have something where like the ver- like the original essence of what is being said has been lost through English and now you're also doing that from English to Spanish as well like I can just I don't even know what the translations are looking like over there mm-hmm. but you know if they're that bad that pe- there's so many more mantis and solos over there then like sheesh hype you need to get on those translations man yes please we definitely need those at least especially for weaver's magazine weaver's magazine i think is mandatory army reading i'll just say that exactly um the next submission says how solo fan bases should not be given platforms to compete in who spends more on certain members birthdays and this is from zambia listen when it comes to birthdays i really hates the way that solos treat birthdays because a we've talked about this before um how you know there's so many solos who go out of their way to make it a pissing contest between different member solos where they'll basically say they'll basically have this competition well they won't explicitly say it's a competition but we all know it is where whichever fandom spends the most money on their favorite member it means that they love them the most and so that's why you see all these extravagant expensive projects and you know it's one thing for it to be an expensive project that actually does something or that's productive but um sometimes i do feel like it goes too far we've talked about how um we felt about you know that Taehyung birthday ad that was being shown on the side of the Burj Khalifa in Dubai and if you don't know what the Burj Khalifa is it's literally the tallest building in the world um and so you know things like that especially because those three minutes cost like upwards of like almost a million dollars it was like seven hundred eight hundred thousand dollars for those three minutes for that birthday ad so it's like pouring all this money into a three minute ad that like Taehyung is not even going to physically see himself like he doesn't live in Dubai he doesn't live anywhere near there um it'd be one thing to put like I don't know those bus ads or like Mm -hmm. those ads that they put in train stations but for you to go and spend almost a million dollars for a three minute ad to be put up somewhere he doesn't live and in a place where not many people are even going to be paying attention to it I feel it's just a waste of funds and resources and you know there are so many other ways in which you can use that money for it to be a lot more meaningful charity is normally the most common way but you don't even have to do charity maybe you could do a smaller scale type of birthday ad that's not spending so much money um but you know at the same time you know people say people can argue oh you know it's their money you can't tell them what to do with their money it's true but personally i feel that the money could be used in better ways and i just feel like the way that solo fan bases spend money on members birthdays it just makes it so 
weird and then on top of that like if you disagree with said birthday projects they'll call you that member's auntie because for some reason not wanting a particular birthday project is somehow means that you have no respect for that member like i don't know how they correlated that together it's the same way that solos believe that if you don't like a certain member's solos that you just hate that member in particular it's like no don't start associating yourself with that member i hate you specifically <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, it's also so weird how um, you'll be like, oh, this tan birthday project doesn't really make a lot of sense. And they're like, um, okay, well, why didn't you say anything about uh, Jungkook's birthday projects? Because they didn't spend a million dollars on an ad and um, that was a few weeks ago. So if they did, I would have called it out then too. Or even more stupidly, they'll be like, um... I don't know. It's just like they always say, oh, you haven't done this for so-and-so member's birthday. And it's like, well, it hasn't been their birthday yet. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen yet. So, it's always yes. So, yes, I'm going to focus on the member's birthday that it currently is. It has nothing to do with the member itself. And people love to, you know, I, I feel like in a sense it's almost dehumanizing because they dissociate BTS from themselves as individual people. They consider BTS members as, like, a part of the solo base. If you insult a Jimin solo, you're insulting Jimin. If you insult a Jimin birthday project, you don't agree with it, then that's an attack on Jimin. Like, no, it's attack on that particular thing, and it's completely unrelated to which member it is. Right. And then another but, thing Daisy brought up, um, you know, charity projects. Charity projects are always a good thing, but also be careful who's running them. Mm. We got a lot of crap from Hopi solos because we didn't support the hospital that was built by Hope Eyes. And Hope Eyes is a saucing fan site that has been blacklisted by Big Hit. And people love to say, oh, well, I don't think they're blacklisted anymore, so you just hate Hobie. I don't care um, if they aren't <laughs> blacklisted anymore. I don't care if they join the Peace Corps. They are a stalker. They obtain information illegally. They sell illegal information. Um, and I don't want that presence in the fandom. And these charity projects are a way to cover that up. They'll say it's a way to be like, oh no, they're such a good person. Look at all the good things they do, and it's mm. like that's not how it, that's not how it works. You can't do good things to cover up the bad things. The bad things are still there. Right, exactly. Like people always think that if you disagree with a member's solos or you disagree with a specific birthday project, that you must hate the member. But it's like no, I just feel like you know in some instances we could be spending money in way better places or we could use the money to support completely different people who are running these birthday projects i mean think about like how many of the uh, of the chinese bars that like people support but it's like at the same time like these are the same people who willingly canceled so many orders of the b album they literally boycotted that whole thing and people still go and hype them up for everything else such as like birthday projects and all that because a lot of these Chinese bars end up having like they end up having a lot of money because of how many people support them and it makes it really frustrating because it's like really hard to deplatform them since they have so many followers and they get so much money 
but you know a lot of things that they do are problematic that so many people excuse especially like solo communities because like to them like for some reason the more money that you spend on a particular member the more you love them and so when you're trying to stop them from spending so much money it's like okay well this is how i show my love for this member and by you stopping me that means that you don't want me to show my love for this member which means that you don't like this member i feel like that's how they go from like point a to point z in like 2.5 seconds that's that's how i feel their thought process is it's like correct i don't want you to show love to this member i don't want you to look at this member i don't want you to feel an ounce of happiness that telepathy gives me <laughs> so yeah i don't know they're you guys already know they're definitely a menace and birthdays need to stop being competitions but anyway exactly next um, submission yeah so the next submission is how to address all these uh, all the hate that fandom translators get from solos and other k-poppies it gets really scary sometimes and this is from the philippines yeah when it comes to fandom translators especially ot7 translators hint hint um a lot of solos will get mad at these translators because they're the only ones who really you know translate things um, to the best of their ability accurately and in full context. A lot of translators in the solo community will deliberately take things out of context or will deliberately translate things a specific way in a negative light um, to make something look like um, their favorite member is being mistreated or that Hybe is doing something like really shady. Um, there's so many instances of that and you know there's also instances of them like screenshotting translations out of context and in you know just all that type of messy stuff and so that's why a lot of them go after like very big like fandom translators who are OT7 because you know they don't want people to find the full context of conversations or interviews or songs because the reason why there's so many um, solos in, in the solo communities because um, they just don't show these people things in full context. They want to make sure that people don't research, that they only take things that are on the timeline at face value and basically OT7 translators are what get in their way. Yeah, basically. Um, that's all I have to say for that one. The next submission says, I'm concerned about solo stands and hate toward Jimin, homophobic slurs especially. This is from the UK. Yeah, they're okay. I don't know what it is with Jimin aunties being violently homophobic, but it is like it's just so weird as it is absolutely disgusting. You know what I mean? It's like mm. what did Jimin possibly do to have such visceral reactions? Mm. Right, and I've noticed it not just with um well, yeah, I, I mean, like, what I'm trying to say is basically, I've noticed that with specifically Jimin, like, not even, like, sometimes it's BTS as a whole, but, like, when it comes to Jimin, I feel like for him, the hate that he gets is, like, on a completely different level of homophobic or types of, like, like very sexual comments about him that are just really disgusting to read, and I just, and it makes me, you know, so sick 
because you know when it comes to Jimin I know that he gets these types of comments the most because he's you know a lot more androgynous compared to the other members he you know is very comfortable with himself in terms of how he presents himself um you know he's not afraid to wear you know things like he's like more unafraid to wear things like makeup or you know female clothing and he really is like unbothered by it and obviously because he sounds you know um his voice is like a higher tone than the other members you know when he sings it's like very high in pitch so because of that so many people love to make these really disgusting remarks about him that are in line with homophobia that are in line with sometimes transphobia as well or things that are just like very um just just like reek of toxic masculinity basically and so that's why I really get sad every time I have to read a Jimin hate comment because it's like you guys like like when it comes to the hate that he gets like he gets a very specific type of hate and it's really disgusting. All I'm going to add on to that is you know Jimin might not see you know those disgusting tweets but your gay mutuals will so mm -hmm. we move on. Right. Uh, the next submission says, do you think that streaming milestones which aren't officially recognized should be celebrated? For example, a lot of solo fan bases count songs like Euphoria and Singularity under Jungle and Taste overall Spotify stream counts respectively, but these songs are officially credited to BTS. Therefore, if a fan base were to say Jungkook has surpassed 500 million streams on Spotify, I want to be officially recognized because he doesn't have his own Spotify profile. I'm curious about your thoughts because I never see accounts like BTS chart data posting about such achievements. Only solo fan bases. This is from the USA. Yeah, no, it's it's these kind of solo achievement things have been like weirding me out for a while just because it does seem like the people behind them try to separate the members from BTS. However, mm -hmm. at the same time, I mean, I do like seeing achievements. I like seeing individual achievements. Like, yes, Euphoria is credited to BTS, but that is also, it is still Jungkook's song in essence. Mm -hmm. So, while I do like reading achievements, sometimes I'm really confused about them. Like, there was one time I saw a hashtag, it was like, Abyss third win, and I was like, what third is it where? winning? Winning where? <laughs> it's It's a SoundCloud release, like... The only thing it could possibly win is maybe, like, some streaming record, but I'm pretty sure, um, I don't know how that could happen, considering that, like, Abyss is a much, it's a much longer song than compared to, like, for example, Promise by Jimin, which a lot of people felt like, oh, the Promise you know, breaking the SoundCloud streaming record, you guys hate the other members, and, you know, you didn't do this for scenery, and it's like, Promise is just a shorter song. The shorter right. a song is, the more streams it's able to get, because that's just how the math works. Like, I'm sorry that you haven't finished, like, um, elementary school math, but there are 24 hours in a day, um, and calculate how many minutes of a song could fit into that day um, and then calculate how many times that song can be played like the shorter song is always going to be played more that's just how it works guys so 
Anyway, right, like Promise is under three minutes and Scenery is almost six minutes long. So of course they're not going to get the same amount of streams in the same amount of time. And people just really don't get that. And also, you know, just to add my thoughts about this, um, when it comes to these types of, you know, things, um, in terms of like their solo songs and people like treating that as like specifically like, oh, you know, Jungkook got this many streams or Tay got this many streams. I don't mind them as much. Um, you know, because obviously, like, it's still their songs, and I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. Um, and, but I will also say that while I don't mind that, it still isn't official. Um, and again, that's why BTS Chart Data doesn't really post about it, because, like, they're not official types of records. He only does official ones. Um, and solo fan bases naturally are going to use... Um, you know, for example, like Euphoria streams is like they'll treat it as official even though it's not officially recognized because obviously when it comes to, you know, their favorite member, um, that's just what they have to do um, in order to count their streams because, you know, some members just don't have an individual uh, Spotify profile. Um, I know Yoongi does, I know um, Namjoon does, I know Hobi does. Uh, but as for the four vocalists, they don't really have their own Spotify profile. Uh, if um, Young might, let me check. Oh, let he, check. he right. might. I don't know. He, he might. Um, I'm double checking just because of the Sweet Night OST. Oh yeah, that's true. So um, yeah, he yeah. So V does have a Spotify profile, and it has well, good for him. And it has both the OSTs. So it has Sweet Night OST, and it has his OST with Jin from Huaring. If you guys don't know. There's a song called It's Definitely You, and that was the, um, it was an OST, it was basically like the ending credits song for the drama Huaring, and it is a duet between Young and Jin. So if you haven't heard that, please do, it's, it's a bop. Mm. It is. Um, so yeah, um, there's your answer. Four out of the seven members seem to have their own a Spotify profile, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, the other three, I don't think they do. Um, so, you know, when it comes to that, it's pretty hard to recognize um, certain members for like official, official streams for things. Um, so yeah, that's why solo fans, uh, solo fan bases do that. But again, while I don't mind people treating it as like a particular member's achievements, also keep in mind that it isn't official. Um, but yeah, that pretty much concludes the shipping solos and Manti section. So we're gonna move on to the next section, which is internal fandom issues. So the first submission here says, Army's inability to separate fictional Bangtan from real one is a serious concern of mine. And no, the answer is not to ban canon fanfic. And this is from the USA. Yeah, when it yeah. comes to um, some people and their inability to separate fiction from reality, it's very odd. You know, some people will read you know, fan fiction from, you know, AO3 or Wattpad or something like that and, like, truly believe, like, this is an accurate representation of how BTS are. And while I can say that, you know, some fanfics are good at characterizing BTS, um, especially if it's a canon fanfic, um, obviously, take those with a grain of salt. The only way you're going to figure out how BTS are in real life is by watching their actual content. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah, and I agree with this person. The answer isn't to just like suddenly cancel fanfiction. I'm not gonna go and say that like anybody who writes canon fanfiction in BTS shouldn't because I feel like people have every right to be um, explorative um, in terms of like real life events that have happened. Like if you want to base something off a real life event, 
um, from BTS's career, like that's totally fine. Um, it's just the people who are the problem, the people who can't separate fan fiction from a real one. In fact, that even reminds me of that um, group of fan fiction writers who got like dragged so hard on Twitter because of their thoughts on uh, the BTS members and like the weird tropes that they had for them. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like think back on like exactly everything that was happening with that. I'm sorry. I like, I, I, so like I moved backward to like stretch and think, but then that also makes me move farther away from the mic. So sorry for the weird volume change there. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't remember the exact details and circumstances. I remember um, particular details about like their thoughts. Basically, they like wrote out some like clapped notes app um, description of like how they believed the members were. Um, they called Namjoon things like fake, woke, pretentious, uptight, pompous. Um, they called Jungkook like they were talking about. I think they were like even making lists of all like the traits that they thought were bad in BTS. And like I remember for like Jungkook, they just like put tattoos. And I was like, what the heck? And then also, like, they treat, they thought he was, like, impulsive, he had bad taste. Um, they thought that Jimin was, like, overly attention-seeking. They thought that that was, like, very negative. They thought that, like, Tae was, like, too weird. They thought that, like, Jin wasn't funny. He tried too hard. Um, they also thought that Hobie tried too hard and that they would like it better if he was, like, more chill and quiet. Um, they thought that uh, Yoongi was just, like, um, they called him, uh, basically, uh, well, I think they said that, like, he was trying too hard to be, like, savage or whatever, or something like that. Basically something in relation to, like, basically how he kind of is in terms of, like, his mixtapes and all that. So, like, there were just very overtly negative comments that they had to say about, like, BTS, and people were, like, jumping them because they're awful. And, you know, all of them were, like, this group of, like, fanfic writers and stuff like that. Um, and so people were like, bruh, like, you guys clearly are mixing up, like, your Bangtan in right. your fanfics with reality. So, you know, definitely the answer is not to cancel all fanfiction, but do not, like, start, like, blurring the line between fanfiction and reality. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything else to add to it. I feel like Daisy really summed that up. Mm. Right, so the next one, this is our last submission for this part. Um, and it says, Army's really not, uh, Army's really needs to stop pushing trolls and haters into the spotlight already. It's so frustrating when chart data and billboard chart post updates, um, but the top comments are trolls and haters with 5k comments. Please chill and stop actively increasing their audience. Let them die alone in their need for attention. We should be celebrating our number ones and the top comments should be full of nice and celebratory messages. So please make sure to engage with positive comments instead. And just to make the Delilah blush, I love your podcast. And this is from Austria. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Y'all know me so well. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody is so nice in this particular army anonymous. What the heck, guys? What the heck? They're, they're catching on. They know I like compliments. <laughs> um but yeah um in regards to the submission uh it is kind of weird to like go under a tweet that's supposed to be like a positive thing and then the first response is like some troll with like 300 replies or something um like when you engage even if it's negative whenever there's a lot of engagement with the reply that brings it up to the top so 
you have yeah, to be so just don't you have do to be that. yeah you have to be really wary about um the attention that you're giving especially if it's under another person's tweet if it's under bts's tweet if it's under another celebrity's tweet you have to be wary of those things right um like this person said um the more you engage with comments like those the more you push them up to the top because the algorithm thinks that that's what people want to be talking about um so just don't do that if you see hate just report it don't engage with these people especially because a lot of them are not looking to change their mind they're just here to hate they're not interested in whatever essay you have to say about bts even if the essay is incredibly good because let me tell you something if armies know how to do anything it is defend bts let me tell you something mm -hmm. but a lot of these people um who are hating in the comments they don't want to see that they don't want to read that and even if you know you end up being correct they still don't care so um go look for people who are saying nice things about bts and engage with those tweets um and push the positivity up to the top of the page because i feel like that's just a way better alternative than you know what people have so far like you just go into like the top comments and like you see somebody and like they've said the word flop and has like 300 comments and it's like guys what are you doing exactly um yeah that 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 sums everything up for this army anonymous i think i don't really have much to add um yeah just remember what we said earlier about like making your timeline positive curating positivity everyone has an active role in doing that and so i hope what you can take away from this army anonymous is be proactive in creating that positive atmosphere and yeah I like how I did, like, uh, the takeaway, like, this is some, like, children's <laughs> episode, um, and, like, oh, and we learned, uh, the golden rule today, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, we will see you guys, oh my gosh, sorry, I adjusted, so my volume, once again, all over the place, I can't sit still, so my volume varies, um, but we will see you guys for the last part. All right, bye for now. Bye.